Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So welcome along to the pre-Christmas podcast. It's um, with it, the Christmas five. podcast. <laughs> well, well, well. A mince podcast. Yeah, yeah. how does that sound? Ho, ho, ho. We've had the dog in here trying to take the mince pies off us. He's um, he's given up that for the moment. Well, he's just looked at me with a look of complete disbelief on his face when I said, no, there's no more mince pies for you, Ernie, and just cleared off back to his bed. I don't blame him, really. He he knows you too well. Um, Slightly different podcast this week because we will be playing quiz ball. We'll explain that for you in a moment. Of course we are. (laughs) It is the way on all these high days and holidays. Thank you very much for the festive Mm. greetings. Um, that we've had from you. Much appreciated. The press conference this week will take the form of a bit of quiz ball. Then we'll be off to Gary Johnson's press conference, which um, which he's invited us to once again. And then we'll play some more quiz ball. There's much to discuss apart from that. The Aldershot game was a big one, big one for me to miss. What a relief. Uh, and there are big, big games coming up. But without further ado, as they say, let's crack on with the quiz ball. If you haven't done this with us before... This is a, a quiz which is based on an old BBC TV game. Fondly remembered by all who watched it. I should point out that we do not own the rights to Quiz Ball. We haven't even asked for the rights to Quiz Ball. So if, if you are the copyright holder on Quiz Ball, take this as an affectionate tribute That's the way. to Quiz Ball. Yeah, yeah. They must all be dead now anyway, mustn't they? The executives of... Yeah. Um, who was it? Was it probably was it Thames or? I think it was uh, a BBC um, thing. I think. Oh, was it? I think of course it was. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are clips out there on YouTube if you want to take a look at one as well. So what happens is, you get three goes to score a goal. They are increasing levels of difficulty. Your first chance will you'll get three questions. Each of them being a pass. Yes, each, and you must get them all right to score the goal. Quite right. A little bit later on, you'll get a chance. We can't, we can't have any questions. breaking down in the final third, can Absolutely we? Absolutely <laughs> not. A little bit later, you get a chance at two questions for a goal, and then to, the clincher will be a route one. Alex one Russell question. through ball. Absolutely. To Rene Howe. No, no, different different eras. Sorry. <laughs> so the setup. To David Graham. The setup this year is, is that you are playing for Torquay United in the prestigious Devon Bowl final against Mighty Elmore. And for some unaccountable you do love reason, Elmore, don't I you? love Elmore. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Elmore. For some unaccountable reason, Elmore have got into a two-nil lead here at Plainmore, and it is down to you, our listeners, no pressure, to get Torquay back in the game and restore the status quo. So your first set of questions, of which you must get all three of these right, they're all themed around who am I? So who am I? I was Franco Farrell's right-hand man, um, and I was with him at Old Trafford uh, as part of the management of Manchester United. Uh, we left Old Trafford after a 5-0 defeat at Crystal Palace in December 1972. I then came to manage Torquay United, stayed for nearly four years until November 1976. And an extra little clue for a podcast aficionados, I then went on to manage clubs including Connecticut Bicentennials in the North American Soccer League, and they came up on last week's podcast. 
I wonder if we can manage to uh, mention them <laughs> every week until the end of the season. But that's your first Who Am I? Your second Who Am I? I'm a member of the current squad. I was born in Dudley in 1986 and I've been on the books at 10 clubs before coming to Playmore. Those clubs, Birmingham City, Boston, Ashford Town, Shrewsbury, Luton, Oxford, Aldershot, Cheltenham, York and Barrow. Who am I? And the third, who am I? I was born in Thornaby-on-Tees in January 1948. I played league games for Hartlepool and Bournemouth, where I played 152 games at Dean Court, before I came to Torquay in 1984. After 58 games at Plainmore, I went to Swindon Town, then came back and played 74 more games for Torquay, before moving on to Bath City and Newport County. Then I came back one last time, for a spell which culminated in the Sherpa Van Trophy at Wembley in 1989. Who am I? So what we now do is we give you a moment to pause whatever device you're listening to this on and then we'll come back with the answer. So go on, press pause. And we're back with the answers. The first of the Who Am I's, Frank O'Farrell's right-hand man at uh, Old Trafford and then Talker United manager, I am Malcolm Musgrove. The, the late Malcolm Musgrove, yeah. Uh, the second one, the member of the current squad with 10 clubs uh, before coming to Plainmore, I am Asa Hall. Very much not late. <laughs> no, and who we look forward to seeing getting back into the team. Absolutely. Very, very soon. And the third one, uh, what a character this guy is, uh, born in Thornaby on Tees, uh, three spells at Plainmore, culminating in that Wembley final, I am Kenny Allen. Of course, he came back for the semi-final. Um, uh, Kenny... Uh, uh, Kenny Vasey yeah. uh, broke his leg. Uh, was it a leg or a knee injury? Uh, one of the two, anyway. Quite a serious injury um, uh, at Leighton Orient. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure it was at Leighton Orient. Um, about a fortnight before that huge, those two hugely important games, and Cyril, Cyril Knowles effectively called Kenny out of retirement, and he played at Wolves in the second leg. And, and the, final the big one at Wembley. Yeah. So there you go. Hopefully, you've now scored and we're back in the game. So hopefully, you've uh, you've scored your three goals. Torquay have pulled one back against Mighty Elmore in the Devon final. It's 2-1. It's 2-1. Uh, and it's time to, uh, to cross over to Gary Johnson's press conference today um, up at the training ground, up at South Devon College. And the unfamiliar voice that you will hear is, uh, is our friend Charlie from the BBC. We'll start with um, the good news from last week. Going back on on winning ways again with a thumping win. You know how how um, how much of a boost has it been this week in training since that since that victory? I think everybody enjoys training after a good result. You know because it was a emphatic result against the team in our league. Um, it wasn't in the uh, national league competition, but it's still in a competition that everybody wants to do well in with a Wembley final. So. It, uh, it had a lot of meaning, but as I said in our previous meeting last week, it was more important to to get a result, and so that we then could go into training nice and confident, um, get the boys you know, sort of smiling again. Although they they're pretty good trainers anyway. Um, yeah, so it was it was a it was a good win for the for the atmosphere um, because you know, people do human nature. You, you, 
you do train with a smile on your face a lot more than when you've won than when you've when you've lost, especially if you've lost a few, mm. and we needed to turn it around. So a little bit of drastic action we had to take, you know, two two debuts, you know, that sort of thing, and um, we uh, yeah, and we came out trumped, so that was good. Is it too easy to say that those two new players coming <laughs> coming in made that much of an impact? Um, it is yes, because you know there were some good performances from people that we already know. Um, I was really pleased with uh, obviously the two strikers created a lot of opportunities and midfield and our defenders created a lot of opportunities for our strikers um, Seiko could have had four or five quite comfortable um, Reedy might have had another one or two so we, we certainly create the opportunity but you're pleased when your shape looks decent um, and then and the new players that could just step into that and uh, and and perform without being the sort of man of the matches, if you like. At the same time, they both played a very important important part. With Seiko as well, because we all know what he can do. We saw what he did last season. It's taken him a while to get his first goal for Torquay, but but now you know you kind of feel that the shackles could come off. Yeah, it's not took him that long, is it? He's been injured for most of the time, and uh, I think he had one or two games did he um, where he hadn't scored after coming back from injury it's like them all you know we we haven't got the squad that I can put them in the reserves and give them a couple of uh, warm-up games if you like you know they have to go straight into a, a difficult league sometimes um, and you know when that happens you, you know what they've got and you just you know you're waiting for people like Jake Andrews and Connor Evans you know that are all um, been injured this week. Um, they may or may not be back. You know, we're Thursday and we, we're still, um, you know, touch and go on a, on a few lads. Um, but uh, you know, you have to bring them straight into the fray and uh, and hope that uh, you know their footballing mentality and their intelligence will get them through a game sometimes. Well, you mentioned the I word. We'll talk about it. So those two what was your word? injuries. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. it's been kind of uh, is pinned it? up over there. Well, it's it, yeah, all of it. Um, those two that you just mentioned, so Jake and Connor, um, plus a couple of the longer term ones. Where are we with everything at the minute? Well, so a couple of the longer terms are still longer term. Obviously, um, Armani, Davis, Frank Vincent. They're still a little way away. Uh, Asa Hall. He's never far away, but we've got to you know, make sure that his is cleared up because you know, if we get him back too early, then that his type of injury could go again. So you know, we've got to make sure that he, he's 100%. Um, and then Connor, Jake Andrews, you know, they're, they're very, very close. They're, I'm sure they're putting themselves up for selection um, this week, which is unbelievable as far as Connor's concerned because it looked like a bad injury at the mm. time, um, but you know, touch wood, it wasn't as bad as, as first thought, and he's back with us and uh, training, and uh, we'll see how he goes today to see whether he's in the match day squad. So Saturday, um, Chesterfield. Uh, what are your thoughts on on them? How they've been going recently? Well. Um, I always say you have to respect them because you have to respect every team in this league. I've said that a million times, but it's very important to say that. Um, we've proved to ourselves that uh, teams at the bottom end of the division can beat us uh, if we don't play well. 
if we do play well, then we can beat the top end of the division. So um, it's whatever one of my teams turns out on the day. Uh, obviously, we work very hard to try and uh, get the, the second uh, part of that conversation where we need our team to turn up and play well. They always try to play well, but sometimes we don't quite manoeuvre the opposition's tactics sometimes or whatever it is. They get a bit of luck, we go, go behind, you know, and, and then it's uh, teams do take their time over ball in play, that sort of thing. You know, there's not much ball in play. So um, we're hoping that our team will turn up. It turned up last week, that's for sure. And uh, they never not try. It's just the nature of this league, you know, unless you're miles ahead of everybody else. Mm. You, you better rely on consistency of your players your method and uh, we've got to try and get ourselves back in to touching distance of the playoffs at least at the moment that's got to be our aim and we can do that with the number of games that are coming up in the next couple of weeks a lot yes. yeah um just very quickly um the two new signs last week is the squad pretty much fixed until january comes in which is only Half a month away, isn't it? Well, you say, sometimes I've said yes, and the following day I'll sign somebody because that's, that's what happens. And, you know, I could see what comes out of the physio room. The physio mm. tells me, yeah, he's back in a couple of days or he's back in a week. And um, obviously, we've got the situation at the moment where we've got too many loans. Um, I don't think Opie will be back yet. He was hoping he'd be back soon, but there's another one that Frank was alone. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm going to have to look at that because you can't have eight loans all, all fit. We know we've got two that uh, are not fit. So what we've got to do is make sure that uh, you know we're not bringing anyone into Christmas and not playing them. So I'll be having a look at that. And like I said to you, you know, I've got to have a good look at the squad and I've got to make some big decisions. And uh, as you know, I've made a couple already and uh, I've got to make a few more. Cool. That's all I need. No problem. Um, Aaron Namain is an interesting character. He's been at some big clubs and he's here on, on what was described as a prove yourself deal. What does he need to do? Um, I think he's a little bit on both sides, really. Um, it's uh, What he needs to do is what he did just before he came off yeah. <laughs> um, because he hasn't played for a long time, so we didn't want him injured. That so was a great run to set up the goal. It was a fantastic yeah. run to get. And he threatened it a couple of times, and a couple of times it come off not quite, went past three players every time, but that's what he needs to do. He needs to show us uh, why he has played at a higher level. And if he can do it at this level, because a lot of people that come from the high level sometimes turn their nose up a little bit at, uh, at the National League, and often you get clubs, not in this case, but you get clubs and players saying, oh, he'll be, he'll, easy, he'll slaughter that league. Do you know what I mean? Well, that don't happen. No. And so he's got to bring his best game out at this level. And we haven't seen it yet, but we've seen parts of it. Um, but he was very new. He'd been here yeah. like two or three days. You know what I mean? I took the chance on um, speaking to people at Man City and speaking to other people that, that know know him. And, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's a quiet... Nice kid. And the I fans think, are going to love him if he can do that, aren't they? Well, exactly. And that's what you always need. You know, you, we obviously got Calvin as well, but mm -hmm. Calvin has to be a little bit more consistent. 
um, as we all know, you know, it's a very frustrating sometimes because he's got so much ability. But um, you know, in possession, he's he's very good, and out of possession, he lead, needs to learn the game. Um, and it's probably similar, although um, Aaron is probably a little bit more au fait with the defensive side of things. So it's uh, but. You know, we've got we've got those two. You know, we've got Ben Whitfield. You know, I always have players that can go past players. Seiko, yeah, Reedy yeah. Cam with a bit of cleverness. Jared Will with a bit of bullishness. You know what I mean? So we've we've got to, we've got to make we've got to put teams under pressure, yeah. and we've got to make sure that we make them defend. And uh, that's that's always my my regime. And at the end of the season, you can either slaughter it or praise it. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Gary. Plenty of food for thought there. We'll discuss um, some of what Gary said in this podcast a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, but first, more quiz ball. Yeah, the second. The second chance. Now, yeah. if you were successful. Slightly harder. Slightly harder. You've well, pulled a goal back. <laughs> so we think. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> quite a few of our readers, my, uh, our readers, sorry, <laughs> old fashioned. Uh, quite a few of the listeners probably going, oh, dear, dear. These are too easy. But it's Christmas, yeah, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yes. And there'll be a stinker in there somewhere. No. So um, have a go at these. Far away. You need to get both of these questions right to score the equaliser in the Devon Bowl final against Elmore. They're both on uh, on goal scorers and they both refer to uh, recent matches. Okay, everybody remembers Ben Winter's great goal in the 3-3 draw at Woking. His vital goal. Then, what? <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent moment. But can you remember either of the other two Torquay United scorers that day? You only need to get one of them. This is Woking at the end of last season, yeah. three-all draw. At Woking. Ben Winter got the final equaliser. Who scored United's first two goals in that match? And either of them will do you, but if you want to show off, you can get both of them. And the other one, excuse me, in January last year at Plainmore, Torquay United beat Oxford City by seven goals to two on a terrible day, I seem to remember. Weather-wise, yes. Uh, Who scored a hat-trick that day? Which Torquay United player scored a hat-trick in that 7-2 victory over Oxford City? So those are your two. I did get it right when you goals. when you when you ran it past me, um, but it took a, yeah. a a deep breath and a couple of moments thought. But um, takes a yeah, while. Interesting one. So press your pause button. Go away and think about those. We'll no, come back. No to looking answers. at <laughs> Wikipedia no. or soccer base or anything Absolutely. like that. Okay, so press pause. We'll go away for a second and come back with the answers for you. So the goal scorers uh, at Woking in the 3-3 draw in April, apart from Ben Winter, were Sekou Jane and Jamie Reid. Jamie Reid from that great Rury Keating through pass. ball. And Sekou Jane, I think, with a header. Do you know, I, I'm I, pretty sure it was a I've header. I've run it I'm in my sure head a million times. Sekou Jane and Jamie Reid didn't score many with their, <laughs> with their head, i.e. brackets Jamie Reid, none at all But uh, last season. But um, no, I'm pretty sure it was a header. Close range. all header. about the aerial prowess. Oh, it? Yeah. There you go. And the hat-trick scorer in the 7-2 win over Oxford City in January uh, was not who you might think it was. Sekou Jane got two, Jamie Reid got two, but the hat-trick scorer was Jake Andrews. Quite right. Jake Andrews' hat-trick. So hopefully you've pulled those goals back. It's now 2-2 in the game against Elmore. All to play for. And it is absolutely all to play for. So back to a bit more of a, 
a conventional podcast now, Dave. Let's talk a little bit about the Aldershot game. I wasn't there. I was away for the weekend. I certainly choose my games to miss. I missed a cracker earlier in the season. I missed another good one by the sound of it. Yeah. Um, look, there was in, in, in the warm glow of hindsight with a 5-1 win under their belts, you know, it, it, there's a temptation to think, well, you know, everything's back to normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was all right then, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It didn't feel like that before the game, uh, especially when... Uh, uh, we got to the ground and there was quite a lot of uncertainty about what the team was going to be. Uh, quickly got wind of the fact there was going to be a new signing announced almost any minute. Uh, Aaron uh, and Namain came yeah. in. Uh, I've checked, by the way, his pronunciation of his name. He's quite happy with Namain. It's not Nemane or anything like that. Glad you did that. Um, yeah. uh, and he started as well along with Lloyd James. But, of course, the crucial, crucial, crucial thing, and many regular United fans will, will latch onto this quickly, was that United took the lead. Yeah. Um, and I think we all know they're far better in front than they are behind. All the facts and figures you know, prove that. And they never really look back. Uh, they should have been at least three up at half time. Yeah. Um, uh, some good stuff. Seiku Jane back to almost his best. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in his own mind he would turn around and say, Yeah, but I can play a bit better than that. So it's interesting because, um, as Gary said in the press conference, it, it hasn't been, you know, we all thought, Well, it, 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 he hasn't scored, he has, but it hasn't been that long, hasn't it? It's, he's worked his way into it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people drew the parallel that. It took him a little while to hit the net last season and it felt like it was doing the same. But of course, his comeback this time has been interrupted or punctuated by injuries. And of course, he'd just come back from more than three months out Mm -hmm. with a a following uh, knee surgery. So, um, you know, you factor all that in. uh, But it was... It wasn't just the fact that he scored a couple because he actually missed a couple as well. But uh, it was his... It was... His general bearing and the way he played, he looked much more confident, much more at it. I don't yeah. mean in terms of effort, but but you know he looked like much more like the striker that we knew last season. And looking at the video, he enjoyed those goals. Didn't Telling he? me, he did. He I really, mean, they, he, yeah. he he needed yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, uh, he got them. Uh, I thought Jamie Reed. I mean, uh, Jamie scored a couple anyway, mm-hmm. but. His general play was very good last Saturday. He yeah. produced some great touches, one and two touch stuff uh, in build-ups. Um, so tick for him. I thought Lloyd James. United have been looking for some time in the absence of Asa Hall for for, for that sort of midfield anchor man. Yeah, <laughs> cliche, cliche. But he came in and did that job. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a thirty-one years old. Uh, he's he's we've seen bit, him play a bit, haven't we? Got a few yeah, t-shirts, yeah, yeah. and as Gary said afterwards, he isn't going to run over every blade of grass on the pitch. Mm. That's not what United need from him. They've got young bucks who can yeah. do that kind of stuff, uh, and I thought he helped um, uh, big time. That 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 was something that they lacked at Harrogate, and they're going yeah. to need yeah. in the months ahead. That ability to stop opposition teams getting the ball into dangerous strikers. United, unfortunately, because Hall dropped out effectively on the morning of the match at yeah. Harrogate, because yeah. he was going to play that role there, got the ball into Stead all afternoon, and we all know what happened there. Yeah. Um, uh, but James is that kind of a, you know... He could he could be a key signing then, Well, he? exactly. Yeah. He's only on loan for a month, yeah. but I, I think the impression I get is that he's probably available um, at Forest Green. Okay, it's one match, let's, let's not mm. sort of, you know... Um, 
uh, get <coughs> pardon a bit completely overexcited. Um, but no, that was good. Yeah. And uh, you know, there was only one. If if Jean Yves Cuniarty had how he missed a header before half time, he's probably still wondering it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, a sort of very close range header that would have been three 0 at half time. The game would have been over. Yeah. But he didn't. Um, he wasn't the only one to miss chances, by the way. Um, and all the shot two 0 down at half time. Of course, they're going to have a go. Mm. They did have a go. They got a goal back. Yeah. And of course, we've all been in, seen United in that situation before. And for a little fifteen-minute spell, something like that, that there was what you might call a bit of a wobble. Yeah. But the third goal absolutely killed them off. Um, and then the main came on. Uh, well, he was already on. He, as Gary said in his press conference, he threatened to do it a couple of times in the first half. Yeah. And he put this terrific run together down the right hand side, almost Kalala-esque. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and um, helped to set up. The fourth goal yeah. uh, for Jamie Reid, a very well-taken goal, by the way. First-time shot from just inside the box. Um, uh, and United ended up winning 5-1. Boxes ticked yeah. um, into the second round. We'll talk about the, the draw in, yeah. in a minute. Um, but it just... I, I, I go, You know, we all go head off to these games, don't we, on a Saturday... And I was driving to the game and I, and I was thinking to myself, whatever the result today, and obviously you want United to win, yeah. and to get a win was dreadfully important to stop people like me pointing out that it had now gone seven games without a win and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But it was a performance to take you into the next match. Mm -hmm. In other words, we've got this hugely important game against Chesterfield coming up on Saturday before the Christmas programme. I think most United supporters would feel that Chesterfield at home on Saturday is slightly more important than, um, with all due respect, an FA Trophy tie against Aldershot yeah. because of the effect yeah. it can have on yeah. the rest of United's season. Mm. If United can beat Chesterfield, it gets them, sends them into Christmas in a pretty good frame of mind yeah. uh, and everybody connected with them. Um, uh, and whatever they did last Saturday, they needed to put on a performance so that they could all look at each other on Saturday night and first thing on Monday morning yeah. and say, come on, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're at it again, we're, we're, we're on it. Yeah. Um, rather than, oh my goodness, now what do we do? So adding a league win to that impressive cup win is absolutely key now, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's another of those banana skin matches, isn't it? How on earth are we talking about Chesterfield They're being a banana skin? They? They're still down. Big time. Yeah. They haven't won yeah. for eight games. No. Um, they lost two to, 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 at home to Notts County in the trophy last Saturday. Uh, the, the, the owner's desperately trying to sell the club. He yeah. wants out. Nearly everybody appears to help, well. does No, it, it, it no. doesn't. It doesn't, of course. But I don't, you know, I mean, it's been a... It's been a Disaster is much too much, you know that sort of thing that happens in yeah. famines in the middle of Africa. But but it, it's been a desperate time, and you you do feel for the fans of you know United. Let's face it, we've been there, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and for a club of their size and history, uh, you know I mentioned in the Herald Express this week that I think it was five years ago they beat Sheffield United three two at yeah. at, um, at the Pro Act um, uh, and ended up in the League One playoffs mm. to go into Championship football. That is quite a and they had a tremendous cut run a few seasons exactly. ago, Exactly, well? yeah. That is quite a decline, isn't yeah. it? And um, uh, a steep decline. Mm. Uh, but they beat United up for the Pro Act in September. Admittedly, United had nine players out that day, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lost um, Ryan Dixon to a head it to a concussion injury early in the second half, etc., yeah. etc. Et so it was a real uh, um, bad day and bad build-up as well to that. 
So, you know, this is Chesterfield. You can't take anything for granted, blah, 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 blah. Of course it is. But if United can win on Saturday, uh, A, the effect on tickets for, <laughs> for the Christmas programme, especially the Boxing Day game at, at Yeovil, will be immediate. Uh, and uh, I don't think they can get back into the playoffs with a win on Saturday, but they'd be suddenly thinking, yes, they'd we can do this. They'd be on the doorstep, won't they? That's yeah. right. If we can put a good Christmas together, we'll come to that in a minute. Let's talk a little bit more about Aaron Nemain, who, by the way, I've just looked at his, uh, his Palmares, and he played for our favourite Dutch team. He's played for Go Ahead Eagles. He has. So, um, yeah, anybody who's played for Go Ahead Eagles is all right with this podcast, <laughs> aren't they? But interesting character, and I did ask Gary, and, and he explained it completely, but this idea of approve yourself... It's a one-month contract. He, he, he's a free agent. He, 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 at one time at Man City, they all thought he was going to yeah. be, you know... Uh, and, and that goal the, that he scored against Chelsea in the, in the FA Youth Cup final, yeah. And he was playing for Manchester City's um, under-18 teams uh, and uh, yeah. older than that. Two years early, he, yeah. he, he was playing for Manchester City's under-18 team at 16. So they clearly thought that he was... Um, was he the in Vizzo. that star-studded team with Foden? And, and um, we, 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 we've got to track him down and have a real good yeah. chat to him about that. But almost certainly he yeah. was. I can't, yeah. say, I can't see any way he wasn't. Um, and uh, didn't quite make it into mm. the first-team squad. Was sent out on loan to Glasgow Rangers. Made five appearances off the bench. Didn't go brilliantly for him yeah. there. Back to Man City. And then he went out to... Go ahead, Eagles in the Dutch second division, yeah. I think it was. Now, Man City are quite careful about where they send their young yeah. starlets out to. So they clearly were trying to give him first team senior experience at a level they thought he would cope with. Um, and after a spell there, he went to Belgium, played for a Belgian second division side there. Um, came back and he was released in the summer. So yeah. clearly he hasn't quite at Man City, you know, matched expectations. Well, we are talking Man City here. Yes. Um, uh, and, you know, the old Gary stroke Peter Johnson scouting network has come up with him. Um, and you could see immediately on Saturday, uh, even though he didn't absolutely rip it up in the first time, mm. <clears throat> what he's got. He's, he, he reminded me a little bit of Paul Smith. He's a chunkier yeah. version yeah. of Paul Smith, who older United fans may remember, um, you know, in the early, mid-1990s. Mm -hmm. um, uh, North Londoner, searingly quick. Uh, at one time, we had Paul Hall on one wing and Paul Smith on the other. That was a bit of pace. But the fastest wing is in the league yeah, at that yeah. point, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, um, he's, he's more stockily built than Paul yeah. Smith was. But again, low to the ground, low centre of gravity, quick. Yeah, um, and I think it was interesting after the game on Saturday. Gary Johnson was saying that they they are trying. It's it's very difficult when a player first comes into a club. Yeah, to sort of absolutely play with complete freedom. You're naturally a bit nervous. You're a bit tight. Mm -hmm. So you maybe don't try things that when you're completely relaxed yeah. and yeah. going to, that you other do. And Gary said we're trying to get him to free up his game. You know, so yeah. that he's he's playing with more optimism. And say, yeah, 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 I can beat this fullback. I'm going past him, and that's the end of it. Rather than just, you know, a little bit within himself. And we can see that he can do it. And we? then that run yeah. in the second yeah. half, as Gary said afterwards, he said, I'm pleased we didn't take him off because it was always the plan to take him off at some stage, you know, yeah. about 60 minutes, something like that. And I said, I'm just, just glad we didn't take him off five minutes before <laughs> because nobody would have seen yeah. him put that run together. 
So, uh, so yeah, you know, yeah, it's, this um, could be great for him, and it could be great for Chalky United. And potentially, got, yes, he's got a month. And yeah. as, but as, as Gary pointed out, we, you know, you mustn't forget we've still got Calvin Kalala. Yes, uh, uh, we've still yeah. got Ben Whitfield. We've mm-hmm. still got you know various other people who can play. You know, who are who are you know yeah. r- right wingers, if you know what I mean. So um, it's not cast in stone yet. He's got a month to earn himself maybe a little bit longer yeah. or maybe a longer contract, which is quite a lot of pressure in itself. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, Calvin Kalala and Ben Whitfield are, are, are under contract. This lad must be thinking, I've got three weeks, I've got a fortnight, I've got whoever it is to try and... Uh, I, I'm sure Gary Johnson will give him every chance yeah. to prove that he can help. Um, and even, even if it doesn't produce a much longer contract after a month, and he's happy here, and it's going okay. You might find that he's got another month, or, or you know, etc., yeah. etc. Et so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Interesting. Before we leave the FA Trophy, um, the next round, which happens early in the new year, talking been drawn at home to Halifax. I'm just wiping my brow, <laughs> along with every other Torquay fan. But as you pointed out, the, the, the distances involved in the early stages of this FA Trophy could be ludicrous, couldn't well, they? Well, I, I, again, Herald Express readers hopefully will already know how to touch at this, but this is ridiculous. The competition was regionalised up until the last round. Mm. All of a sudden it isn't. And it's produced a whole series of, of ridiculous draws. Yeah. Uh, 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 only three ties in the first round proper, sorry, four ties in the first round proper pulled in more than a thousand people. Is that right? Yeovil, yeah. Stockport, Torquay United, and our old friends at FC United of Manchester. Of course. We want they, them back, don't we? They they work, exactly. Only four ties pulled in more than a thousand people. Yeah. Chesterfield v Notts County had nine hundred and whatever it was, something like that. Of which of which three hundred and thirty yeah. odd were from Notts County. So all right, the circumstances at that club and you can't blame Chesterfield supporters for staying away at the moment. But for goodness sake, keep the thing regionalised. Yeah. So that at least you've got a chance of picking up a few away fans to, to boost your gates. There was a whole series of games on last weekend that pulled in less than 300, 200 and odd people. I mean, that's that. those are Peninsula League crowds. Aren't As you they? pointed yeah. out, Stoke Gabriel and probably Buckland Athletic are pulling in more, um, Indeed. more yeah. than that, in, with, with all due respect to them, quite yeah. right too. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it's sort of, if this competition is going to survive in terms of relevance and and you know it's all very well having a final at Wembley yeah great it's in, and it is the national competition for non-league football very yeah. important yeah. absolutely we all get that but for goodness sake without the fans it doesn't make any sense mm. it's not about the clubs it's about the supporters yeah. and the FA have got to to have a fresh look at this and think right how can we make this as fan friendly as possible and engage more fans in it. Keep it regional. Keep it regional. Because with the best, imagine what, how many Halifax fans are going to make the trip to Torquay oh, as they were tuning into the draw yeah. on Talksport Two. Their, their heads, as their hearts must have sank in the same way that ours would have done if if, yeah. if if the draw had gone the other way around. I mean, amongst the other, you know, classic ties, Farsley Celtic. No, is it Farsley Celtic or Altering? I'm not quite sure which it is against Barnet. <laughs> You know, trip. oh, yeah. it, uh, unbelievable! Um, there was another one I spotted. Cracker, um, Notts County against Sutton or Dagenham. 
Bradford Park Avenue, I think it is, against Maidenhead United. You're asking for, yeah. for, for, for gates that don't even pay the bills, for goodness sake. Because the expenses for these matches are nearly as much as for a league yeah. game. The refs, the refs and the officials cost the same. The electricity is just the same. All right, you might cut back on the stewarding. Um, and and of course, let's say one of those games is a draw and, and the, the clubs have decided to go to replay. On a Tuesday Quite a lot of them night, did, by the way. Yeah, on a Tuesday night, Maidenhead at home to Bradford Park Avenue in a replay. Scary. Scary, small crowd. Um, Hampton and Richmond against Tunbridge on Tuesday night, 238 people. Yeah. Chorley against Matlock, 229. I mean, it's... it's what? And this is supposed to be and a way forward for a competition. Yeah. And those are regionalised games, aren't they? Uh, well, no, they weren't because they were in the last Chorley round. Matlock. Yeah. The, the, oh, sorry, they yeah, were regionalised. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it, it makes no sense to, to abandon no. the regionalisation. And as I, I can't hark back to the old Sherpa Van Trophy, and I'm pretty sure the, what was it called, the checker trade thing in the Football League was, yeah. I think that's sort of regionalised. Yeah. Um, but in back in the, in, the, in the Sherpa Van Trophy, I know it's a long time ago now, but that used to be regionalised mm. all the way to the final. Yeah. So in the final, the Southern winners, and in 1989 it was Torquay, yeah. met the Northern winners, Bolton Wanderers, and the entire competition had been regionalised up to, the, up to then. So Torquay beat, well actually they didn't, they lost because it was in a little group, but they knocked out Swansea. Bristol Rovers, Gillingham, Cardiff City, Brentford, not all in that order, by the way, and then met Wolves mm -hmm. in the, what was then the Southern Final because the geographical split ha happened to have Wolves in the South. And then Bolton were the first Northern club they yeah. met and it was in the final. And there was also the slight kudos of saying, well, we won the Southern section. There you go. That year. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the semi-final, the in effect, was called the Southern Final. Yeah. You know, okay, you can call games what, what you yeah. like. But it was it made sense. The yeah. whole thing made sense. What you know, the FA have got to sit down and have a look at this. I don't think that if the FA came out tomorrow and said next year's FA trophy will be regionalised all the way to the final, everybody would go. Great. At last. Eh? Yeah. Sense. Good sense. So we'll leave the FA Trophy behind. We'll look ahead in a moment to the um, the, the games over Christmas. I saw on Twitter, by the way, things we pick up on social media. Talking you're off to the Panto on Monday at oh, the yes. Princess Theatre with um, Luke Friend and co in the Panto. Just don't do anything on Saturday that gives us an obvious headline or intro, okay? Because that's just too tempting for journalists, isn't it? Talking maybe off to the panto, but they start... No, no, I'm not even going to go there. He's behind you. Uh, and the where are they now is interesting this week, isn't it? Because it comes from uh, an FA Cup replay. Well, this I think week. most United fans know where these people are. Uh, but it was quite interesting, wasn't it? The Bristol Rovers, uh, yeah. what a weird chapter that's been going on there. Bristol Rovers, they're flying in League One. I think they're up to fourth. Yeah. Did they win at Ipswich or something last week? Something like that. Um, and Graham Coughlin, the manager, is up, up sticks and moved to Mansfield who are in the bottom of League Two. Now, I know Mansfield are a very ambitious club with some money. His, he and his family live in Sheffield. They, okay. His family is yeah. still up there. Yeah. So there, there, are, there, are, there are reasons why he wanted to go um, and he's gone. But... Uh, our old friends Chris Hargreaves, yeah. Lee Mansell, uh, Chris Hargreaves' son Cameron, by the way, played uh, uh, for Rovers. We saw him at the end of last season when he was on loan at Hungerford Town. That's, I couldn't remember Playboy. where he was. Yes, Hungerford. Uh, he, yeah. he played in the game. This is at Argyle, mm -hmm. FA Cup replay Tuesday night. Uh, Argyle missed a stack of chances. Rovers win 1-0. 
Okay. So Lee Almost Mansell, yeah. Chris Hargreaves, and somebody who very, very few United supporters will remember, Adrian Tucker, who was a trainee at Playmore back in mm -hmm. the 90s, uh, and went on to, has gone on to have an excellent... I mean, he had a good playing career, mostly at non-league level, um, and then became coach, goalkeeping coach, uh, Swansea City's goalkeeping coach, Wales senior goalkeeping yeah. coach, and he's now goalkeeping coach at Bristol Rovers. So th those three were on the touchline in the dugout, uh, in the technical area for Bristol Rovers, <clears throat> running the team. So the gas are in good hands, aren't they? At the, at the moment. Joe Dunn, uh, Coughlin's number two, was also uh, yeah. on hand, but... Uh, um, playing more rules at the Memorial Stadium at the moment and uh, the very best of luck to them. Absolutely. And kudos to Cameron Hargreaves as well. It's not that long ago that I was editing videos for the website of him and his dad playing Keepy Uppy in the Garden. And, <laughs> oh, yes! Um, we had the video. Wow, all where, those... Yeah, Cameron did some outrageous trick that um, Chris couldn't do and that made the video that week. Uh, he was he was a young lad then, yeah, and now he's yeah. playing for Bristol Rovers. There you go. So good luck to him, yeah. and well done. Shall we do the last of the quiz ball questions? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So if you've been successful up to now, it's two each. We're going into the last five minutes at Playmore in the uh, the Devon Bowl final against Elmore. You have the chance to score the winner, and this is your final question, a one-off Route 1 question, uh, and it's about the gaffer. Gary Johnson has managed the following outfits in his managerial career Cambridge Yeovil twice Bristol City Peterborough Northampton Cheltenham and the mighty Torquay United plus which national side which national side has had the benefit of Gary Johnson's management during his managerial career we will pause you can press pause and we'll be back in a couple of seconds with the answer welcome back and the answer, Gary Johnson has managed Cambridge, Yeovil, Bristol City, Peterborough, Northampton, Cheltenham, Torquay and Latvia. Latvia, how did that come about? How did he come to be? I have a clue, actually. We must ask him. I don't know. Um, he certainly, uh, and not only did he do very well there, but he helped, uh, what was the name of a Latvian striker who went to Southampton? Oh, there is... Um, Plenty of listeners will jump all over that. I can't remember. Um, he helped quite a few Latvian players yeah, to, yeah. To, um, to, to you know progress in professional football outside Latvia. Um, did very well there, and and he always looks back on it with a, a great deal of fondness. He, I think he he he, he, say he learnt a lot there, but yeah. it was a, it was a it was an experience he he didn't regret and wouldn't have done without. Right. When when time isn't pressing, we must get him to chat about that. Sometime. Yeah, I do remember he when he got there, um, that they they because they'd been playing for draws and trying not to concede goals for so yeah. long against much bigger countries, um, they were locked into a sort of a well, yeah, yeah. But if it's still nil nil with ten minutes to go, we've done quite well. And Gary had to go in and change all that and say, yeah. no, hold on a minute, <laughs> we are here actually to try and score some goals. And and uh, he had quite a That's job to sort of turn around yeah. that yeah. that attitude. There was one question as well that I came up with that we didn't ask, which is more of a, a, a pub teaser, really. Um, a bit of a tie around about the gaffer. Yeah, you can call yeah. this a penalty shootout if you want, if you're level with Elmore and uh, you need the penalty shootout. Because it, um, I found this on Wikipedia, so hopefully it's true, and stuff on Wikipedia often is. Uh, when Gary Johnson was manager at Yeovil, apparently he famously told his team to concede a goal deliberately after his son Lee had accidentally scored when trying to get the ball back to the opposing goalkeeper 
after the keeper had kicked the ball out for an injury. Which team was were Yeovil playing that day? Now you'll have seen the clip. Good the one. clip is everywhere. But can you remember which team Yeovil were playing that day? And because it's a penalty shoot, well, you can press pause. And we'll come back with the answer. You can amaze your friends over <laughs> Christmas. Uh, it was a League Cup game against Plymouth Argyle. There you go. So you can throw that one in. Throw that one in over the Christmas dining table. And, uh, <laughs> and see where it gets see you. Where, see where it gets you. Let's look ahead then. Chesterfield on Saturday. Yeah. We touched on that. Big, 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 game. big game. But let's look a bit further ahead. Should because... be a good crowd. I think, I know it's a last Saturday before Christmas. Yeah. Traditionally, Gate's not good. But... Uh, Chesterfield are obviously not flying, so they probably won't bring as many fans as they would otherwise have done. But they'll bring a few. Yeah, uh, hugely important match for United. Um, very supportive crowd last week. I know it was at gate was only just over a thousand, but I think that was okay with United. Mm-hmm. Thought well, any anything over a thousand yeah. we get last Saturday would be all right. There'll be a lot more there on Saturday. Um, a lot at stake. Yeah, indeed. Um, but looking beyond that, if fans aren't excited about the Christmas programme, then they should be. In the great they? scheme of things, I mean, obviously down the years we've we've had some some many bigger games than that. Yeah. I remember Swindon. Do you remember under Martin Ling beating yes. Swindon? I think on Boxing Day one nil at, at Plainmore, um, and many other you know great great Boxing Day New Year's Day occasions. But um, well, Yo- Yeovil away and home split by Woking at home is as good as it gets in the National League. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. a week today we will be at Yeovil. Uh, what's the ticket info for Yeovil? Uh, they're on sale and yeah. they're going very well. Okay, um, they're, they're, uh, I think United are going to put some a bit of info out in the next day or two just yeah. to sort of underline that. Uh, I spoke to them and that they hadn't actually done a final tot up at the time of how many, but they said they were very busy. It um, isn't all tickets. No, not all tickets. So you can, you can rock up on the day. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, tickets for, for uh, as things stand, certainly. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, fans who want seats at that match, I think, should yeah. uh, move themselves. Um, there's, 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 there's a decent amount of seats yeah. there, but it's, um, you know, you probably if you want to make sure that you've got a seat on Boxing Day, that, that needs to be done. And keep an eye on the Talk United on the official website. Uh, the latest ticket information will be on there. So yeah, we'll just uh, I know they were planning just for everybody's point of view. Um, and apart from anything else, uh, you know, fans like to read about ticket situations like that, don't they? they? Do. It, it, yeah. it, it quickens the step, doesn't it? It, it does. And, um, it quickens the pulse. Yeah, before and, a game and, like that. and actually, and and it's it's all about selling a match, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And. Um, and then, of course, the tickets are also on sale for the Woking and Yeovil home game. Yeovil yeah. at home on uh, on uh, New Year's Day, of course. Um, I think you know it's just a, it's sensible, isn't it? When you've got reasonably big gates coming up, to shift as many tickets as possible, especially for seats for people yeah. who are sitting down. Yeah. yeah, and it'll be nice um, for both the Woking and the Yeovil games uh, at Plainmore to have fans in the away end. I know Absolutely. it's not always practical to put fans in the away end. No. Some teams only bring enough. To go in the seats at the far end of Bristow's bench, but it would be nice to have some uh, fans in the. Well, away I think end. as well that the 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 seat situation at Plainmore for away fans, I think is what is it, a couple of hundred, two fifty, mm. something like that. Well, Yeovil will definitely shift all of those, so there's a limited amount of away seats for Yeovil yeah. that day, and everybody else will be in the away end. And you said quite rightly that it should uh, should be a proper old 
Oh, well, it will be noisy at both of those games yeah. and and working as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to it, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Um, the days of going to Eastleigh on Boxing Day. Uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> that takes some sticking. Yeah. So that's, that's three great games coming. We won't be podcasting next week, as we've said, because, because it falls on it Boxing falls Day. On Boxing Day. Yeah. We'll be at Yeovil, um, so there won't be a podcast next week. So the next time that we pod. Uh, will actually be after In a this fortnight. clutch of games. But um, yeah, looking forward to those a lot. Um, one thing I wanted to throw in, if you happen to be at a loose end on social media this week, do if you're not already following Talkie Fan Stats on Twitter, you really should be. Um, if you are, you may have seen this already, but there's a clip that will warm your heart on a cold winter's day. A game up at Bristol Rovers, uh, at the Mem, yeah. in um, 17th of December 2005. Just before Christmas 2005, yeah, the, the 2005-06 season. Yeah, yeah. it's a game that Torquay win by one goal to nil. If the highlights are to be believed, it was Rourke's drift in the Torquay penalty area for most was. of the game. Some fantastic saves. I'm not sure who was the keeper that day. Uh, who would that have been? Andy Marriott? Uh, it might well have been. It might well have been. Yeah. Um, some great saves. And then right at the end, a great goal by Marike Sacco. One of several Frenchmen who oh. played for United round about that time. He, he shrugs off Cully three or four Chucky. challenges. Does it? Yes, and he, I do remember it. Yeah, actually, yeah. He thumps the ball yeah. in the net. So if you need a bit of cheering up after a long spell yeah. of Christmas... Leroy shopping, would have been manager then. Yeah. Uh, um, still manager. He, he, he then left, and that was a season, of course, that Ian Atkins eventually came in yeah. and staged what many fans still think is the greatest, the greatest escape from escape. relegation. Yeah. Yeah. Five wins in the last six matches to stay up from an apparently hopeless position. But uh, yeah, some goal. Do enjoy it. So that's it from us. That's it until after the festive season. So from Dave and, and me, a very happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Uh, um, it's been a, let's face it, it's been a pretty memorable 2019. It has. Um, uh, let's hope that um, we get even more uh, exciting stuff in 2020. 2020? It is 2020. What's coming going up? on? <laughs> How did that happen when we weren't looking? Exactly. Anyway, happy Christmas, everybody. See you on Saturday. And as ever, come, come on, on, you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL, or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.